Hello and welcome to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. This is the show where we talk about all things transportation, anything that gets you from here to there. I am the traffic anchor and the transportation reporter for Denver 7 News, Jason Luber. If you would like to uh, rate the show, I sure would appreciate it. And if you would like to be on the show, you could always give me a call on the listener hotline, 303-832-0217 is the number. It's also... Uh, in the contact uh, information area at the bottom, <laughs> or in the contact, wherever. Anyway, it's that thing at the bottom of the podcast deal where you can find all my contact info. Uh, we all know that driving under the influence includes more than just driving after drinking alcohol. It means if you're under the influence of any intoxicating substance, including prescription medication or marijuana, and if you are, you can be arrested for DUI. Now, I was sent some information from a company called Reefer. It's R-E-E-P-H-E-R. And they say they are on a mission to transform personal liability protection for cannabis consumers by providing them with access to a prepaid defense plan that not only covers legal expenses, but also provides cash support for associated costs when facing cannabis DUI charges. Now, I thought this is an interesting concept. And to be honest, a bit troubling at the same time, and I'll explain why coming up in just a little bit. So I invited Justin Kahn, the co-founder and CEO of Reefer, to be here on the show. Justin, thanks so much for being here on the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. Jason, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. All right, Justin, before we get into what Reefer is and what you can do for someone, I understand that you have quite the album collection. What are your top five albums that you have? Oh, man, top five? I know, it's going to be hard to narrow it down, I'm sure. Okay, off the top of my head, Led Zeppelin number one, Janet Jackson, Rhythm Nation, 1814. Wow. Uh, White album? You got the White album? I would actually probably go for Revolver. Okay, I I like Abbey Road myself, but okay. Yeah, uh, okay, let's see. More modern, I would go with uh, Salt. S-A-U-L-T is the band. They're out of the UK. I love their album number five. Would definitely recommend checking that one out. And uh, hmm, let's go old school. Let's go uh, early. Let's go Fat Boy Slim. Ah, there you go. (laughs) <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's. It, I, I I understand. It's pretty wide collection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So uh, correct me uh, if I'm wrong as we talk about this, but uh, in the current way traditional insurance works, I insure my property. And since we're talking about DUI, I'll talk about a vehicle. So if something unexpected happens, like like a crash, the insurance company will pay out to the limits of the policy coverage for damage to the property, mine and maybe somebody else's, whatever, whoever's involved in the incident. And if the driver was under the influence, any repercussions are not covered via this property insurance. But your insurance policy does, right? It doesn't cover property, but... Through Reefer, it covers me against legal issues. Well, let me let me tee this up a different way. We came together to create a new type of financial services product. Um, and the reason why I call it financial services is because in some states, we're considered a financial services product, and in other states, we're a regulated insurance product. But basically, the premise is, is that we think that there needs to be a new type of product that protects people from the financial consequences of their own behaviors, which are not illegal. But if you end up on the wrong side of the risk, it can be a costly endeavor to get yourself out of. 
So using your example of car insurance, car insurance is going to cover the damage to the other person. If you have the right coverage levels, they'll cover damage to your vehicle. If you hurt an individual, it would cause that as well. But if you are deemed under the influence for any substance, that's where the in traditional insurance stops. And that's where there is a gap of coverage for individuals that end up in a situation where even if there is no damage, just the mere accusation of a being under the influence can be very costly for an individual because they still have to go through citation, carto impound, uh, hiring a lawyer and having their day in court. And all of that is a significant expense. And so that's what Reefer steps in to cover is that we pay for not only the legal expenses, but for the life disruption expenses that come with just having to navigate through this process. So it, it, we can almost call this basically behavior insurance. And, and if so, then do you cover all types of behavior? Like if I was celebrating the Nuggets NBA championship at the parade, right? And, and, and I climbed onto one of the traffic poles and, and I was arrested by the police, uh, not just the cannabis-related offenses. Or do, do you cover both or, or just one? Well, Jason, I, I love that you hit the nail directly on the head. Where Reefer and the products that we have launched underneath the Reefer brand are really our introduction into behavior insurance. Uh, we actually own the domain behaviorinsurance.com. And eventually where this company goes is that, to your point, you will be able to go and pick the behaviors uh, and, and pick a, a, and build a coverage package to, to cover you in your daily life. Now, that is part of the coverage that I'm somewhat concerned about, because when purchasing your coverage, a person is pretty much admitting that they're going to either do something bad, maybe do something bad in the future, but at least has the idea that they can do something bad or going to drive after using marijuana. And this coverage is going to be there when they get caught. That's, it's a great point, Jason. I, you, you really have to look at it from the standpoint and ask you and your listeners should ask this question. Are we incentivizing bad behavior? Right. My answer to that is no. And the reason is, is in Colorado, look at how much revenue comes in, uh, how much sales come in through cannabis and how much revenue comes in from the state. The reality is, is that your listeners, if they consume cannabis, are most likely, if they were subjected to a state-sanctioned drug test, would fail. And because of that, and that's, a, let me just say, that's because of the way that the drug test and that the drug laws are, are in place, is that they're based on an alcohol system, but when it applies to cannabis, that model doesn't really make sense. The only tests that are admissible in court uh, are, are fluid tests. Uh, so that would be blood or urine. And what they test for is presence. There is no test for impairment other than a police officer's perception. And so if a police officer suspects or accuses an individual of being under the influence, the only way for an individual to defend themselves is first they have to be cited, arrested, their car is towed and impounded, they're taken to jail, fingerprinted and ID'd, forced to submit to a fluid test, and then if there was no damage, they get released on their own recognizance. 
And in Colorado, I believe that there is a nanogram per milliliter threshold. Uh, and so if uh, 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 the, the, it shows that there is a THC in an individual system, and if a police officer says, plus my evaluation of the individual led me to believe that they were under the influence, that is enough to charge an individual with a crime. My guest is Justin Kahn. He's the co-founder and CEO of a company called Reefer, R-E-E-P-H-E-R. We're talking about their cannabis DUI coverage. You can get them on the internet at reefer.com. There, there are two different concepts here, though. You're, you're talking about, in one instance, that you're, you're trying to help people who might be still under uh, some kind of uh, influence of, of, of cannabis, maybe a day or two, because it, it, it acts different, stays in the body differently than alcohol does. But you're also, at the same time, you say that you're not incentivizing bad behavior, but you're covering bad behavior before somebody does that bad behavior. Well, Jason, but you're making an assumption that I would like to correct. Okay. An individual who consumes cannabis is not having a bad behavior. An individual who consumes cannabis is allowed by the state law or is prescribed cannabis. And so an individual who consumes cannabis is not breaking the law. But in, when they well, get behind the wheel, they do. Well, let me let me let me just go one step okay. further. Okay. Okay. So if an individual who is a regular consumer of cannabis, and by so by saying regular, they're consuming cannabis one to two times a week. Cannabis, THC, and other cannabinoids are fat-soluble. They stay in your system long after any impairment has faded and long after an individual has consumed. So what ends up happening all the time is that an individual who consumes cannabis legally, who is not driving impaired, ends up in a situation where a police officer accuses them of being under the influence, and when they arrest them and drug test them, and you have cannabinoids or metabolites showing up in your system, that can be enough to charge an individual with a crime. Now, a good defense lawyer can defend an individual in court and explain the difference between presence versus impairment. But what I'm saying is, is that the costs associated with getting your day in court are extremely expensive. They're on average between about ten dollars to $15,000. And that is the coverage that Reefer steps in to make sure that if an individual ends up in this situation, that they have a financial safety net to cover those expenses. Right. But that is assuming that somebody is responsible and using cannabis a couple of days ago and then being pulled over and going through the legal system, as you just explained. But that mm -hmm. coverage that you offer also covers not only that individual in that situation, but somebody else who just left the dispensary, was smoking up in their car, is driving home, and then gets pulled over for uh, a cannabis-related DUI. Well, that's making a couple of assumptions that I would push back on okay. because the reality is is that every situation is different when a new, if an individual ends up having to file a claim or ends up being cited for a DUI or other cannabis-related misdemeanors. So we look at every situation as they come in. If somebody is rolling down the street smoking cannabis, that's in the, the, uh, the, the police report. Uh, if there was a felony associated with it, if they had guns or an aggravated charge, 
those would be reasons as to why we would not cover an individual. At the same point in time, if an individual has other drugs in their system, that would be a reason to not cover an individual. And the biggest one, Jason, is if they have alcohol in their system. Those are not uh, DUIs that, that we cover because we really have designed this product suite to focus on what we consider to be the responsible cannabis consumer. So you're really then, where I didn't see it very much in the literature that's on the website, you do have limits to the coverage for certain behaviors. And and you said you have behaviorinsurance.com, so there have to be then certain behaviors that you are not going to insure. So I can't get insurance for wanting to beat the heck out of my neighbor for, uh, you know, his dog barking uh, all night long. That's, that's correct. And, and, you know, the one thing I would just say as it relates to the bigger concept of behavior insurance is, is that the way that we're looking at this is like live your life coverage. Everyone lives their life, right? And at the same point in time, if they end up on the wrong side of a risk of a decision that they make, that there can be expenses that come with that. And traditional insurance and financial services product don't cover those life disruptions. And so we, as the entrepreneurial group that are building this business, feel like that is an opportunity to create product suites that actually benefit most of the, the American population. My guest is Justin Kahn. He's the co-founder and CEO of a group called Reefer, talking about their cannabis DUI coverage. You can find them at reefer.com, R-E-E-P-H-E-R.com. Do, do you think it would be safer, though, as as part of this? Because it, it really, as I was looking through the website, it, it sounds so much like if I was just a regular cannabis user, that I could go ahead and, and be totally covered anytime I'm driving with, after using cannabis, whether it was an hour after or several days after. Do you think it would be safer to clarify that maybe more in, in what the coverage literature says or, or at least maybe encourage your users not to drive after uh, using um, the cannabis and providing them, you know, because you're really providing them with a way out when they do? Jason, I, I really appreciate that question. We, in every message that we do, the first thing that we say is don't drive high, right? Like that that's prevalent in all of our social media and our tagging and everything that we do and events that we go to. We are really advocating for the normalization of responsible cannabis use. The drug laws don't make sense right now. We're, we're a business. We have to appeal to cannabis consumers but at the same point in time, what we have been doing as we have been building this business is educating the public about the risks, the challenges with the drug testing, the challenges with the way that, that the laws work from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. And so it, it is a process. And I appreciate that the feedback that maybe we're not as clear as we should be. And we'll take that and, and, and do better in our messaging. But we really do make it a point that this is a product for what we deem as the everyday responsible cannabis consumer that knows that what the plant or the medicine does for them and that knows how to take it and consume it responsibly, but also understands that there is a risk that comes along with that. And so they are cognizant enough to want to have this type of financial coverage 
to make sure that if they do end up in a situation that they have the means to get themselves out of it. Is this partly uh, an idea that comes from maybe more cannabis users are lower income and wouldn't be able to have the financial means to defend themselves in court if they needed to? Yeah. I I mean, the the, the statistics are pretty crazy. I believe it's 50% of America can't handle a $2,000 financial shock to the system in any given year. And a, a DUI or other cannabis crimes can be in the thousands of dollars just to be able to defend yourself. Yeah. So that's what this is for, is not only the, the low income, but also what I would say, individuals who understand how to, how to uh, spread out the risk, right? right? So an individual who is used to paying for, say, travel insurance or device protection insurance, they understand the cost associated with having to, to replace or to pay for something. And so it's a model that fits in with individuals who, who understand that these surplus or excess lines of coverage make sure that they have a full financial safety net. Yeah, some of those coverages, like car rental insurance, can be supplemented also with your credit card. Maybe you can right. jump on a credit card, and I can, with my American Express or my Visa, that you can uh, also provide that same kind of coverage, right? That's right. There you go. Uh, your, as I look at your website, you have several different plans. You have a base plan, full plan, and commercial plan. That's the highest level of coverage. Costs twenty two seventy five a month. It includes coverage for someone who has a CDL driver's license and is working a CDL, a commercial driver's license for those folks that want to know what CDL is. Basically, someone driving a large truck, someone who is driving a semi-truck or a delivery truck, something like that. Is that someone who should be defended driving a semi-truck or other large truck after consuming cannabis? That's Those are pretty large trucks, and we've seen the personal injury lawyers out there on TV constantly saying, if you're hurt by one of these drivers in a big truck, we'll come after them and their insurance companies. Yeah, and Jason, that is a great question. So our commercial driver's license coverage is really to protect the individuals that are not people-moving that are not government contractors, that are, you know, the local areas. Uh, but really, we're trying to go after the individual driver with this product. And the reason why there is such a need for this product right now is let me give you some, 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 some statistics. The first is, is that 30% of the truck drivers that were either not allowed to drive or were pulled off of the road in 2021 were due to cannabis infractions, either a positive test or uh, at an inspection point or pulled over by a police officer and then they're pulled off of the the road. And uh, what ends up happening is, is that 90% of those drivers did not take the necessary steps to get their license reinstated to go back on the road. It's a problem for the trucking and fleet companies. It's also a a problem for the drivers. The driver may live in a state like Colorado where it is completely legal for them to consume. However, as soon as they cross the state line, uh, say into uh, Kansas, as an example, that they are they are instantly breaking the law as soon as they cross the state line because cannabis is completely illegal. 
And that just doesn't really make sense because the national laws conflict with the state laws. It's an expensive ordeal if a driver who is consuming legally ends up in this situation. And so we want to make sure that they also have a level of financial coverage. Is there any level of cannabis in the bloodstream which you believe is okay to operate a large delivery or semi-truck? It's a, it's a great and fair question. I'm not a doctor, right? I, but what I would say is I believe personally that it depends on the individual. Are, as, you, as you said, going from one state like Colorado, where uh, obviously it's legal everywhere, uh, California, I think in Utah where you are, I think it's only medical is allowed. Correct. Can you get this coverage only in states where pot is legal or in any states like Kansas, like you said, where it's not? So it's a great question. So right now we are currently live in six states. We're live in Missouri, Georgia, South Carolina, New Hampshire, North Dakota, uh, and Arkansas. And we are in the process of scaling this product up nationwide. Uh, the way that we are doing this is that if the state has a legal pathway to consumption, whether it be medicinal, recreational, or through the Farm Act, uh, then there is a pathway for us to apply to the state, uh, get approved uh, to be able to sell the, the product suite. Um, and our coverage, regardless of what state we sell it in, is nationwide. My guest is Justin Kahn, co-founder and CEO of Reefer, R-E-E-P-H-E-R. -E -E you can find them at reefer.com, talking about their cannabis DUI coverage. Uh, you also promote coverage to employees of people who use cannabis. What, what kinds of businesses would, would condone maybe, uh, obviously, a, a dispensary, right, they, or a growing facility? They, they would condone it, I'm sure. Uh, but would they condone their letting their delivery drivers going from the grow house to the dispensaries and, and, and using uh, cannabis? And, and what if they were pulled over? It, it almost gets back to the point of really who makes the determination of what behaviors and what nano parts of a behavior is covered and that is not covered? Well, let me answer the, the question first. So we, as the entrepreneurial group that is building this company, we would be the ones that would create the coverages and then bring them to the market. And we define what it is that we would cover and what it is that we would exclude. As it relates to your employer question, Obviously, anyone in the supply chain would want to offer this for their employees because their employees are highly skilled and they're at a greater risk just due to the nature of uh, their employment. But I, I think I, I want to correct something that it isn't condoning. I think that employers realize that what employees do in their off time is, is completely up to them. Uh, and if an employer wants to make sure that the employee has coverage, just like in the example of, say, Legal Shield or a prepaid legal product or any other type of financial service or employee benefit, that this is something that they can offer as part of that package for their employees to let them know that they're providing a benefit package that actually resonates with their employee base.
There has to be some kind of a limit to the defense, though, right? Because let's say somebody, if you're not covering somebody who has just uh, smoked some uh, cannabis an hour later, is driving a semi-truck, it's, it's going to be different than, let's say, somebody who had uh, been on their weekend uh, Friday night, they were smoking cannabis, they don't smoke anything or use anything until Monday morning when they go back to work. They're coming back from uh, a mountain trip, you know, doing deliveries, and they're coming back the hill, and they they are, are involved in, let's say, a tragic crash, kills three people, and, 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 and in this horrific wreck. It's found out later that there was still cannabis in the person's system. At, at what point do you cover a, a situation like that or anywhere in between? You know, there, there, that, has, that, to be, there has to be limits, right? There, oh, there absolutely is a limit. And that's a phenomenal question. And thank you for giving the worst case scenario that you possibly could. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So if we want to add nuns, you know, whatever oh, yeah. the case. A penguins, right. bus full of penguins, you know. And... Right. Okay. So in this situation, the first question is, is what is the limit of what we cover? We pay for we up to $8,000 towards the legal expenses. So that could be lawyer, expert witnesses, whatever comes about as relates to that. But our cap on what we pay for is up to 8000 um, then we also offer a total of up to $7,000 for what we call as the life disruption expenses, but those are broken down into subcategories. So we pay up to $1,500. Uh, if your car is towed or impounded, we pay up to $1,500. If you need to take time off of work to appear in court, and then we pay up to $1,000 for pretrial expenses, life disruption expenses, and personal uh, hardship expenses. Okay, so it, with those, that, that's the total amount of what we pay. Um, once those limits are exhausted, we don't pay any more. Now, the other question is, is as it relates to the individual gets into a horrific accident, kills people, causes a lot of damage, whatever the case may be. Well, the individual is innocent until they are proven guilty. And so we pay for the expenses up until a verdict is reached or until the limits have been exhausted. If a verdict is reached, whether it be deferment, guilty, not guilty, drug court, whatever the case may be, that's when the claim ends. We don't pay any fines. We don't pay any fees, anything like that. We are purely covering the defense and the life disruption expenses. Now, what I would just also say one other thing, if that individual did, uh, let's say, kill someone, that would be a felony. We would not cover that. Right off the bat. Right off the bat. So that is an exclusion of coverage right there. Correct. Okay. So it would be the same thing if they, you know, like with cannabis laws and firearms, as an example, if there was a firearm or if there was child endangerment or anything else that would escalate a cannabis crime to a felony uh, or an aggravated charge, then that would not be something that we cover. That's why it would be a slippery slope for any kind of behavior insurance, because you can't imagine all of the different crazy scenarios that are out there, whether it's it's the worst kind of scenario where you have you know a Ted Kaczynski kind of situation or Oklahoma City bombing situation, or, or if it's just a run of the mill, I'm trespassing over somebody's yard because I, I got stoned and fell asleep on somebody's front porch. Yeah, I, I mean, and Jason, that that's the thing, right? Like a behavior could be defined as anything loosely, 
or it can be defined specifically as to which scenarios it is that a company would want to cover. So our concept with Behavior Labs' first product was the reefer and cannabis DUI because it's very specific. It covers a very specific set of scenarios and it, it's a needed product because of the way that the system is designed is that it does not make sense for an individual who is consuming legally can still get in trouble just because they have THC or cannabinoids in their system. If someone uses cannabis all the time, it's much like with alcohol. You become you know, more tolerant to the drug over time. There's probably a baseline of THC in their blood, and it's different for everybody, and, and everybody's system is different, whether they're a large person, small person, male, female, that sort of thing. How can it right. be determined what maybe what that, what that baseline is for a person, if they should be driving or shouldn't be driving, and, and how that might affect them even few days down the road? I, I mean, the answer is there's no real way to do it. Uh, you, there are drug tests, which again, are testing for presence, right? So an individual could either take a blood test, do a mouth swab, pee in a cup, right? And they're going to get a positive test and they're going to go, but I feel fine. I can drive. So where's that? The, right there is the inherent conflict of it. I mean, yeah, you're right. You, you, you've seen DUI offenses where somebody could be 0.35 chronic alcoholic and they're just they're walking around like nothing's happening. Right. Right. But the science is very clear when it comes to alcohol, you know, a beer or a shot or a mixed drink or a glass of wine is going to have X effect on an individual based on their body mass, based on that, you know, like uh, other factors with cannabis. I mean, let me just talk about me personally for a second. Okay. I have epilepsy that was caused by a traumatic brain injury when I was 14. Uh, I have used cannabis since 22 uh, I, as a test of just wanting to see sensitivity of drug tests, uh, I cycle on and off of cannabis, you know, a few times a year. And, uh, when I was cycling off, I use edibles primarily, uh, I had gone 90 days, uh, without consuming, went and took a 10 panel drug test and still had above a five nanogram per milliliter threshold in my blood test which is what the threshold is in most states. It's either five nanograms, three nanograms, but it is a nominal amount of THC. And it just goes to show how long it can stick around in an individual system. My guest is Justin Kahn. He's a co-founder and CEO of, the, of a company called Reefer, talking about their cannabis DUI coverage. As I'm going back to the three levels of coverage that you have, the middle tier states that you will be helped out as a as a user of, of the coverage. If you are ticketed for possession, paraphernalia, or public intoxication, so it isn't necessarily only DUI coverage. That's correct. So our base coverage is cannabis DUI. We have an additional level of coverage, uh, which costs about $5 more, uh, which is possession, paraphernalia, and public intoxication. So obviously DUI would cover you in the car, Possession paraphernalia and public intoxication would cover you anywhere. You also have something called Reefer 48 that can be purchased when buying cannabis at a dispensary. And then it gives the buyer short-term coverage. Coverage for the same kind of 
uh, issues? Because you, you, we were talking about somebody maybe using and then 48 hours or, or three or four or five days later having that uh, you know, THC in their system, they're arrested, and then they go through that legal process. Well, yeah. 48 hours, you're pretty much asking somebody, hey, it's okay if you want to use and then go drive, just, uh, you know, it's, I mean, 48 hours. Well, I, I wouldn't put it like that. I would put it a little bit differently. The way I think about the 48-hour coverage is, is like, let's say that an individual is coming to Denver next week for the psychedelics conference. It's supposed to be the biggest conference, a psychedelics conference in history. And an individual comes there, they legally go to a dispensary to purchase that, or to purchase coverage, or sorry, to purchase their product, and they are presented with this three dollar 48 hour cannabis crime coverage it's a thousand dollar total benefit and basically what it covers is any expenses that could come during the first 48 hours of potentially being accused of a cannabis crime so if an individual receives a cannabis citation it pays out 150 dollars if their car is towed or impounded because of the citation it pays out 250 if they're arrested because of the citation, it pays out $350. And if they need to be bailed out of jail, it pays out $250. But basically, what it's designed is just if any of those things happen in the after you purchase your cannabis, there is a, a, a financial safety net that can help at least offset some of those expenses. We don't just limit it to DUI. We say any cannabis misdemeanor citation. How, how did you come up with the coverage costs? So $3 for the 48-hour coverage, you know, $15 for the others, uh, $20 for the full plan, $22.75 for the commercial plan. How did you come up with those costs that would cover what you would have to shell out? I mean, insurance companies, they're, they're notorious for, for charge overcharging because they have to have a large base of people paying in because then they have to pay out uh, pretty large settlements. Yeah. Well, okay. So a couple things there. That's the beauty of our product design is that we're able to keep the cost low and the benefit amount high because we focus in on the behavior, right? We're not trying to be a, we'll cover any, anything, any situation. We can focus in on the behavior and that allows for such a, a big benefit. Uh, the other part of that is, is that um, on the pricing, uh, there are people who are much smarter than me uh, that we came to with the idea and and said, okay, this is what we want to offer from a benefit perspective, because this is how much the costs are associated with different phases of uh, navigating through a, a process like this. We said, here's what we want to offer. And then they helped us figure out what it is that we needed to charge for it. In the states where you are operating, can can I buy the coverage there and then use it in the states where you're not, or vice versa? Can I can I buy it and, and then go, do I only get coverage in those states, or can I get since, since you're not in Colorado, I, I then can't buy it here and then use it here? Well, we're not in Colorado yet, but we will be soon. And uh, the way that we're currently set up is, is that for if you live in one of the states where we offer coverage, then uh, that covers you not only in the state that you live in, but in all 50 states. Okay, but I have to be in one of those states first to get the coverage and then I'm covered. 
you have to live in one of those states. That's correct. Uh, Mm -hmm. I also saw from your LinkedIn that your first job was listed as a claims adjuster. Is that where maybe this idea sprang from? So I've I've actually been involved in insurance off and on throughout my professional career. I started off on the financial services side, then was a life and health and property and casualty agent. Then I worked as a natural disaster claims adjuster. Um, And then I went a totally different route and started a telemedicine software company and built that and sold it uh, over a 10-year period. And then came back to insurance and financial services because there's just a lot of opportunity to help people out in ways that aren't, you know, what would be considered traditional insurance products. Right. Do you do you consider yourself in the cannabis industry or in the insurance industry or 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 maybe a combination or neither? I consider myself an entrepreneur that likes to take on really big problems where solutions don't exist. Um, and so I, I kind of think of myself as uh, multifaceted and I like to look at things that people are afraid to, to go after and say, well, let's see if we can figure out a solution for it. Do you have any stories, as I'm speaking with Justin Kahn, the co-founder and CEO of Reefer, about their cannabis DUI coverage? Do you have any stories about the people that you have helped in, in, in a way that, that you were hoping for when you first started this? Yes. Yeah, we do. Um, so people that we have helped have been professionals, family members, uh, uh, young people just starting off in their careers, uh, but people who are, understand that that consuming cannabis is not a bad thing, but it could potentially get you in trouble with the law if you end up in in one of these types of situations. And so, the type of coverage that we've offered, the the feedback that we get consistently is that we offer a degree of peace of mind, that it just alleviates some of that fear that just comes with the nature of knowing that you can potentially get in trouble just by the nature of of your consumption. But there also have to be people that have had the coverage who maybe didn't understand any of the limitations that were maybe not helped at the level that they thought they would be or were limited in coverage or uh, a benefit. Uh, Jason, that hasn't happened yet. Oh, wow. Okay. But if it does, I promise you I will let you know and <laughs> okay. we can talk about it. All right, good. Uh, has the overall program then, if, if you're looking back at, at when you first started this, has it turned out to the to, to where you thought it was going to be? Have you had to make adjustments and, and had to make other uh, uh, changes as you've been going through this process? Absolutely. I mean, any good startup learns from the products that they create and what works and what doesn't work. And then they go back and they tweak and they adjust and then they come back and then they get more feedback and they tweak and adjust. I mean, that's, that's a never ending process. And if your listeners have ideas on other products that we should offer or things that we can do to increase our current coverage, I'd love to hear about it. And, and, and you, you have to have at least right now other ideas about what other kind of coverages that you might be offering. Would you offer uh, more extensive coverage 
four uh, uh, other cases that might be more serious than what you cover now or less serious cases than what you cover now? Absolutely. Like, so I'll, I'll, I'll pull back the curtain and tell you the next product that we're working on under the reefer brand. Uh, you know, we talked about the trucking industry and we talked about what the, the individual driver is experiencing. Well, there's also a huge expense that comes to the trucking or the fleet company or the employer of the driver because they have to replace the driver. They have to retrain the driver, put them through a class. So we're creating right now a loss of income extra expense product for the trucking and, and fleet industries. So if they do lose a driver due to a cannabis infraction, that we would uh, reimburse the trucking or fleet or employer some funds to help cover those expenses to either replace the driver, help the driver remediate the situation and get back on the road, or if they need to send a driver out to replace someone that was pulled off of the road, that they have those funds to be able to do so. Why not help out, let's say, folks who are have an alcohol problem and only the folks that are using cannabis? Great question. And nothing against any of my, my brothers and sisters that consume alcohol, but that is not something that we are going to cover. Um, and the reason is, is because, as I said before, the science is pretty clear, right? We're not trying to incentivize people to, to go get messed up and get in their car and drive. What we're trying to say, and I hope that this message becomes clear beyond don't drive high, is just that if you consume, you're at risk. And if you want to protect yourself against the risk of consuming cannabis that, uh, from financial consequences, you have the means to do so with the reefer product. Uh, it's pretty fascinating there, Justin. Uh, as as you look forward to the future, what what do you see happening with your business in the next five years or ten years? Do you see yourself growing exponentially? You're going to be in all the states. Do you see having hundreds of thousands of people covered under your plans? I do. I see that Reefer will continue to add product suites under that brand. I also see that we will. Uh, launch behaviorinsurance.com as its own platform uh, to be able to seek additional uh, coverages that an individual can purchase besides cannabis consumption. And I see us being in all 50 states in the coming months uh, as an innovative product. And I think you're going to continue to see us create, launch, and scale multiple behavior-based products over the coming years. I think one coverage that I would need is uh, for, for at least behavior insurance for yelling at the people that are speeding in front of my house. Um, that bugs me more than anything, and that'll get me more, in more trouble than anything as I stop and say, why are you going so fast across? The, I mean, seriously, it's a residential neighborhood. Well, we'll, we'll look into to making a, 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 a yelling coverage, too, See? so that's a, not a bad idea. Yeah, a couple of bucks, and, you know, boom, I'm there. And that way you can get me out of jail when the uh, sheriff's office says you can't be yelling at people or throwing tennis balls out in the road to get these people to slow down. That's right. I believe they call that a public nuisance. <laughs> there you go. I, I am a public nuisance. Thank you very much. Uh, Justin Kahn, co-founder and CEO of Reefer. Thanks so much for joining me and explaining what this is all about. I, I, I think the listeners will have a, a good, better handle on what it is uh, and uh, what you cover. And so I think it's a fascinating idea and best of luck for, uh, to you in the future. Jason, thank you so much for your time and for helping us get the word out about Reefer. I really appreciate it. Again, I think it's a very slippery slope. Uh, a good uh, and a good idea all at the same time. There's no doubt 
that there have been people who have been accused of uh, doing things that they haven't done. And there are others who have been harassed for doing something that either was th- that they didn't do or, or was perceived for doing and, and, or, or they've just been, been, been harassed by law enforcement. Now, I am a supporter of law enforcement, but I'm also a supporter of people's rights and not to be harassed or uh, messed with for no reason. And sometimes, you, you've seen it, there, there's always conflicts between, there, there, a lot of the times, a law enforcement person could handle situations better and not escalate them so dramatically and, and just, uh, you know, uh, there's a balance there. And I've always recommended that if somebody is being stopped by law enforcement, they're they're engaged with law enforcement, and you, and you know or have a pretty good idea that you're going to be arrested for whatever, just let it happen, just cooperate, fight it out in court. Fighting it out with a police uh, officer or with a sheriff's deputy or, or whatever usually doesn't end well. And so it's better just to let let them do, don't have to talk to them. Let them arrest you, sit in the back of the car, go do through the whole process. Yes, it's a hassle. It's a pain. It costs money. You will be seen, though, in a better light by the court if you cooperate with police and then fight it out with a judge and lawyers. The police, uh, they are not the ones that that you want to fight with. It is a true hassle. And that's why this kind of behavior insurance really is a good idea to help at least give you some peace of mind that you are going to have some sort of a defense, at least money for defense, because to be honest, and I brought it up with Justin, a lot of folks who are chronic cannabis users uh, are not the richest people in the world, and they probably don't have an emergency fund of ten or $15,000 hanging out in a bank account waiting to... Uh, be used as a de- in a defense to with, with a lawyer to get them out of trouble if they need it, and so that's why this is a cost-effective way to offer some protection for some folks who who might find themselves in some kind of a situation where where law enforcement they think is uh, overstepping their bounds and they they need to fight it out in court, and this gives them the oper- uh, the uh, operating cash and ability to do that. It's it's not a get-out-of-jail-free card to behave badly or any way you want. Uh, I don't think you could ever insure so, you know, people in that way. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how this uh, turns out, how it goes, and, and what... Uh, I, there's, you would think there would be tweaks to this uh, coverage in years to come and what they cover and what they don't and, and who uh, signs up for it and who they help and who they don't. Anyway, thanks again for being here. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can always contact me on any of those contact links in the description of the show. Uh, Until next time, I'm Jason Luber, the Traffic Guy. Be safe, and as always, happy motoring.